It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you use code DNVR at sign up, you're going to get some special offers like how a simple $5 bet on the NBA Finals can win you $150 in free bets when you pick a winner. That's it. In the NBA Finals. Favorite, underdog, or otherwise. Code DNVR on DraftKings Sportsbook gets you a $5 bet into a $150 in free bets from DraftKings Sportsbook. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm Patrick Lyons. And I am Susie Hunter. Patrick, we just had the craziest day of 19 innings of just up and down roller coaster baseball. Looking at the clock when we are recording this, it has... Well, not literally been a day because that's 24 hours, but it's been 12 hours. We've been here at the ballpark. We saw not just 18 innings, which we are back to now on doubleheaders. We're not doing the seven inning doubleheaders. And I haven't gotten a good explanation as to why that is, uh, because that does seem to be pretty good for health and safety protocols. But we didn't see 18. We saw 19 innings today. Bonus baseball. And it was also a single admission doubleheader, too. So by the end, the crowd was very sparse and we could pretty much hear everything that every single person was saying, which was hilarious. Including several family members of players, which we'll get to that. We'll get to a historic performance by a certain player who, Susie, you've been banging the drum for him. And boy, oh boy, he was uh, he was doing some banging back and making some very loud noises and three particular swings, including one that gave the Rockies a much-needed victory in series win. We'll maybe dip our toes into the series coming up with Atlanta, but, I mean, there's there's a lot of meat on the bone right now. I, I don't even necessarily know where to start. Susie, just start somewhere, and we'll go from there. I mean, for starters, the Rockies have continued their doubleheader tradition this season of getting absolutely blown out in the first game and then barely scraping out a win in the second. Great observation. Yeah, they are four for four in doing exactly that. They're winning. They're losing the first game of the doubleheader. They are uh, they're winning the second game and they still have two more on the schedule right now. Normally, you don't schedule doubleheaders. Well, with the first week of baseball being totally wiped away, they had to figure out a way to reschedule them. So they're going to be two games in San Diego that are on the schedule set as a doubleheader. There's going to be a five game Mm -hmm. series in San Diego, in fact. So. This year right now is currently on pace to tie last year for the most doubleheaders in a season. I didn't remember there being that many last year. Also, they were seven inning doubleheaders, so they went by a little bit smoother. We weren't having these, uh, as you said, seven hours or so of of baseball 
going down. So uh, we we are on pace for a record, and we may even break that for most doubleheaders in a season. If you're counting, if you care, it's fun. I say I th- I think we're going to break that record personally. I would if there's an over under on doubleheaders for the season. I think that we would beat last year's for sure. Yeah, there weren't there weren't that many people actually asking this question, but maybe they should have. <laughs> there's there's a couple people. We've got plenty of listeners, so I would imagine a good you know twenty five percent if you're paying attention probably wanted to know why wasn't this a split doubleheader? Why 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 didn't this game get over even later? Well, no, they. Uh, after the first game ended, it was a 45 minute break. And then boom, they went right into the next one. Basically they didn't wipe everybody out of the ballpark so that a new group of people could come in partially because they hadn't sold very many tickets. The announced attendance for both games together, 22,719. So really, if you want to divide those in half, you can, Uh, but they ultimately looked at the ticket sales and said, you know what? Early in the week, it's the Miami Marlins. They don't really have too much juice going with them. So you know what? We'll give you two, for the price of one. And again, you didn't get 18 innings. You got 19. Yeah. I feel like the crowd actually wasn't bad for the first game. I mean, that was the scheduled time originally for the game, but the weather was bad. You know, it's the Marlins, something, a team that not necessarily people in Denver are clamoring to see. So it was, I, I thought it was a pretty good turnout for the first game considering, uh, but yeah, the second game attendance was just hilarious. I think the reason why are you, you're familiar with, Marlins man, right? I am familiar. Everyone is, yes. Of course. Well, and and I think it's partially because he is literally the only fan of the Miami Marlins. So that's why he gets that name. People think it's because of the bright orange jersey and he goes to a lot of Marlins games. And no matter where he's at, Fenway, World Series, All-Star Game, you name it, he's wearing the Marlins gear. No, he's the only Marlins fan. We did not really see any Marlins fans behind the third base dugout. Maybe you noticed a couple, but boy, oh boy. I saw a speckling of a couple of blue shirts. Actually, I don't know if Marlins man is even a Marlins fan anymore. I think that was a a piece of drama that happened a year or two ago. I can't remember the details, but I Marlins man might not even be a Marlin man anymore. I think it it was just before the pandemic. Yeah, if you recall, uh, Derek Jeter, uh, back when he was with the Marlins, he's no longer with the Marlins, but he is on Twitter now, which... We'll have to get to that eventually. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he, he was speaking to season ticket holders and, uh, Mr. MM Marlins, man, you know, was, was not happy and had some choice words cause they had traded away an outfield, uh, comprised of Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich and Giancarlo Stanton. So yeah, I'm not, not sure, but Marlins man could have had a pretty good seat in the ballpark tonight for these 19 innings. The day <laughs> got started, unfortunately with a, loss that was really bad but it could have been really really bad or really 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 bad we probably should discuss how many reallys could it have been <laughs> had the rockies not squeezed out a run in the ninth inning i mean the rockies were also almost no hit for quite some time so that would have been pretty bad too so yeah it could have been a lot worse for sure but it was truly an absolute blowout yeah edward cabrera making his first start in 2022. He had made seven last year with the Marlins. He's one of their top prospects. I think he might even be their third overall prospect on MLB pipeline. Dude's got some nasty stuff, and you saw it. He was throwing a changeup in the mid-90s. He even had one that topped out at 96 miles per hour. And what made it a changeup was its vertical movement. Like He holds it like a circle changeup, 
But instead of it being slower, instead of it being a change of pace, no, he was throwing it like a fastball, and it kept Rockies hitters off balance for the first six innings. Yeah, I think the term we were also using for Cabrera is effectively wild um, because we also saw two hits by pitches today. Yeah, two of those, yeah, and and four walks to go to go along with that. Mm-hmm. Did have nine strikeouts, in fact, joins a, a pretty good group. So here, again, prospects, how are they going to pan out? You know, he had a five-plus ERA in 2021. Looks good here at Coors Field, but to put it in perspective, Blake Snell back in 2016, the big unit, Randy Johnson, 2007, and then Oliver Perez, who had himself a nice 20-year career in 2002, were the only visiting pitchers to toss six or more shutout innings with one or fewer hits allowed and nine or more strikeouts here at Coors Field. So you combine all those things. That's a that's a special class. And the Marlins, everyone in their lineup had a hit before the Rockies even had their first. <laughs> not not good. That is that is wild. But yeah, that that did happen. Uh five players had three hits each also, um, which was just it was something to behold. <laughs> Yeah, the Marlins, yeah, they they had a couple guys that had a big day. I know at one point, Avisail Garcia, uh, he, he had hits in his first three at-bats. He had entered the day with a 201 average and then came in the uh, second game as a pinch hitter, ended up getting two more hits and a sacrifice fly. So his average, I think, went up by 21 points here uh, in literally one day. But, I mean, that, I, that's nothing compared to more than doubling your home run total. Again, teaser, we're going to get to that one in game two, but CJ Crone ended up breaking it up. He's, you know, he's, he's the guy he's been the hitter this year. He's going to be the player that I think Rockies fans, you need to support when it comes to all-star voting. Cause I was talking with someone in the press box today that shoot, I, who's going to be their all-star. Who's going to even be a top 10 in voting at any singular position. But yeah, yeah. CJ Crone is at least in this conversation that we've been be. having since the start of the season. But yeah, he did break up that no hitter with a single in the sixth. Um, so I mean, it could have been a little embarrassing for the Rockies. And it was scary there for a moment with with Crone there. He he was one of the two players that did get hit by pitch. He was fine after that one. But there was a defensive play over at first base. Ball knocked off his mitt. Um, Chad Smith tried to to pick up a ground ball. He fell on his butt. Jammed his wrist up a little bit. He did exit the game early, but uh, he was still able to play in game two and he get the start. Not the same story for the other man who was hit by a pitch by Mr. Edward Cabrera. Yeah, Jonathan Daza was hit in the elbow or the arm um, by a pitch. So he was held out of game two. It That looked painful. He looked so mad too, because right when it happened, he slammed his bat down. Not not a good looking situation. So I hope he's doing okay. Yeah, he was pretty pissed. And the pitcher yeah. was staring him down. Now, maybe there's a difference between staring and looking him down, but it appeared to me like he was staring him down and he kept doing it and kept doing it. And eventually when Daz was over in first base, a little bit more composed, the pitcher, you know, pointed to his chest. He's like, hey, my bad. And I was like, Whew. Okay, good. That could have been pretty bad because the, the, the pitcher would not take his eyes off Daza. He wanted to apologize and say, hey, hopefully no no hard feelings, even though that, that bruise is going to be pretty hard first thing in the morning. Oh, my gosh. I actually I did not see that happen. You have a much better vantage point than I do. And also, I think you just have better eyes in general. Um, but that's great that he was staring him down for 
the purpose of making an apology. When Crone came out of the game, Brian Servan played first base. Got to consult the old Google machine. You got to know where to look. And he'd literally never played first base, even in the minors. Didn't go back to look at his Arizona Fall League, or not Arizona Fall League, Arizona State University uh, numbers defensively. We'll have to catch up with him. It was it was a bit of a madhouse uh, after the game here on Wednesday. So there will be a lot of house cleaning to do in the next 24 to 48 hours. But Servin, you know, did fine over at first base. Pretty good for a guy who had never played first base before professionally. I know. And the funny thing is that's not the only person we saw at a new position. Um, Randall Grichik was probably the best Rockies pitcher of the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in game two, there were a couple good good performances. But in game one, absolutely. It was looking like a repeat of last year where Joshua Fuentes, you know, went down as the ERA leader with a, a perfect zero ERA. Richie joins a very uh, elite group of position players, if you will, who have pitched for the Colorado Rockies. Now just seven. It's Brent Main, Todd Zeal, Mark Reynolds, who did it twice, Ian Desmond, Drew Butera, and then Josh Fuentes just last year. We talked about it on the podcast, uh, the last homestand. I, I'd asked Buddy about that, and he said, you know, Grichik had volunteered. His last uh, two times, it kind of had come close, but he also said Sam Hilliard was in the mix. He pitched a little bit uh, in college, uh, certainly at uh, his junior college. I don't know. I think he might have pitched a little bit at Wichita State, but nevertheless, Grichuk was that guy. And Susie, you you were kind of chomping at the bit there. You couldn't wait to talk to him postgame, and you were able to grab him. You you were faster than me and faster than a lot of us, and I know you you got to catch up with him and, and get his takes about uh, now being a – a pitcher on the same level of an Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina. It's <laughs> pretty good. I think I think he did a better job than them. Uh, but yeah, I was really eager to talk to him, and um, he mentioned that he was begging the pitching coach in Toronto for years to get on the mound, and they never let him. So he was so excited when they asked him to go up in the seventh today. Oh, that's fantastic! He got his uh, little league wishes came true with a his glasses on and everything. So had a little wild thing going on. So that was uh, a fun moment, but he talked about after the game, he wasn't too happy because they had lost 14 yeah. to one. It was one of the more lopsided victories in, in franchise history. I think their biggest shutout had been 17, nothing. So we were, we were very much approaching that, but he was upset. And then of course he, he smirked a little bit begrudgingly. He's <laughs> like, well, you have to, that is kind of a nice, moment but he was uh very brief hit differential something i never thought i'd care about and i did for a little bit because at one point the marlins had 21 hits and the rockies had one and i thought hmm that could be something at&t sportsnet right over my shoulder put something up uh, in san francisco or rather against san francisco last year it was a hit differential of 21 though different circumstance i think it was something like 27 to 6 but this one was a lot worse before the Rockies were able to get uh, two hits in, in the ninth. So it was 18 hit differential if, if you're interested in that. So it just, it was just a beat down. Yeah, that was, um, I was getting a little concerned that we were going to break a record that maybe we didn't want to break, but um, you know, it was a chaotic game. It was just, it was so coarse. It was, it was Antonio Sinzatella came off the IL and in order to create a spot, they uh, they pulled a, a Godot. I think that's what might what we have to call it now. There was a period where 
you would call it the Dodger IL back in 2020. I think maybe even, it was even 2019 where, oh, pitchers can go on the 10-day IL. Perfect. We've just kind of, you know, used you four times in five days. You're pretty tired. You need to rest. So we're going to put you on the IL and call somebody else up. So that was the Dodger IL. So this was a, a Godot where Chad Smith gets optioned to AAA. But, oh, wait, we've got a doubleheader. So don't actually go to Albuquerque. Stick around as the 27th man, which he was. He did end up pitching in that first game. And Senzatella, not very good, uh, but he was still at least able to give the Rockies five and a third innings pitched for game one on Wednesday. Yeah, he gave up 13 hits, though, six runs, six earned runs. Um, and But he had three strikeouts. Uh, but, yeah, those uh, 13 hits allowed are tied for the second most by a Rocky starter in franchise history and the most since Chris Russin allowed 13 on May 5th, 2016. Oh, we all remember it so very vividly, I think, right? No, I— I, I remember an outing like that. I don't know if I could have told you what year uh, or that it was in San Francisco, but there you go. Chris Russell has a little bit of company and, and the probably the, the bigger statistic that's worrisome because these games happen, you know, where you just get beat up and, and we'll talk about game two starter getting beat up a lot. And so that can happen in, in a singular start. But for the season, Senzatella hitters are batting 401 against him after these uh, 13 hits that go on his record. So uh, that is uh, undoubtedly the highest in the majors. So, you know, not too promising. And with there being two starters, now you've got two guys on the same, you know, schedule. And more than likely that will mean on Sunday, the Rockies will need Ryan Feltner, which is great because he certainly deserves another start. And uh, that will be, you know, exciting to see if he can, you know, do what he did in his last start out uh, on Monday against the Marlins. He'll be able to do it against the World Series champion Atlanta. So uh, that will certainly be an exciting game to watch this weekend. We'll have a post-game show for that, of course. Uh, There'll be post-game shows for the entire Western Conference Finals for the Colorado Avalanche. You can watch all of that on our DNVR Sports channel on YouTube. You can go down to the bar at any of the watch parties going down on Thursday Saturday, Monday, every other day, just like that, for as long as it takes for the Avalanche to raise that Stanley Cup. Watch parties at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax, New York. You got to be there. Remember, when you're a member, you get a member-sized beer. We give you extra love in the form of Breck Brew or whatever you want on tap. We give you extra love with extra raffle tickets at all the watch parties to win some free gear. We give you access to the members-only Discord where we can say all kinds of crazy things. Sometimes even Susie and I are doing that, right? And we get to have fun with you when we do it. Price breaks on tailgates, party bus, you name it. And with an annual membership, you actually get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. And if you're not a member, don't fret. It's only 50 cents for your first month. Now, if you want to watch the Avs game and you can't make it down to the DNVR bar, we're going to miss you. But don't worry because Ivaca TV has the solution. Here's what you do. You go to ivaca.tv slash dnvr. You also use code DNVR so you can get an even better deal. But the deal without code DNVR is $25 a month plus the cost of receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years. You never have to worry about a contract or missing out on the Nuggets in Avalanche. Yes, you get both of them. You get Rapids. You get lacrosse coverage from Mammoth, uh, CSU Rams, Denver Pioneers, Rapids. 
which I, I mentioned twice because it's rapid season as I'm getting pumped up about that. But you also get Altitude Sports. So our guy, Drew Goodman, he's there with all the Rockies games, 162 of them. You know they're going to have it there. And again, that's with Ivaca.tv slash DNVR. Instead of it being $25 per month, it's only going to be $15 per month for your first three months when you use code DNVR. So you get nuggets and abs finally for the first time in what seems like a decade. And you get it at such a great deal when you go to avaca.tv slash DNVR, use code DNVR. And Breckenridge Brewery wants to send one of you to the Stanley Cup Finals. They want to send you to the Western Conference Finals. They will do that. Breckenridge Brewery is donating a portion of all proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale throughout the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to benefit Marshall Fire victims. What you got to do is go to breckbrew.com and nominate a stellar community member, an Avs fan, who deserves a chance to celebrate at a playoff game this season. Each home game, they're hooking up a fan and a friend with tickets, gears to match, and of course, the drink of the season, Avalanche Ale, and you can be a part of that. Go to breckbrew.com for that. All right, Susie, game two. Wow, it took forever. The first three innings, though, went by in about an hour. It was cruising along really nicely. Felt pretty good about it. Rockies took a lead. Then they blew the lead. Then they took the lead again. Then they blew the lead. Then they took the lead again. Then they then the score was tied 11-11. Then they lost the lead in the 10th. And history was made. Yeah, this was quite a roller coaster. Um, I even after the game, I talked to Randall Grichik and he was just like, we were exhausted. We just had to keep fighting. There were so many ups and downs. Um, This was just this was a crazy game for all of us. It was Brendan Rogers in not his first two at bats, but in two at bats, two of his first three plate appearances. Actually, there was his first two at bats. It was two of his first three plate appearances. Let's let's get into the nitty gritty of the specifics of statistics again. We haven't done that in a while. No, we're not going to do that. But Homer in his first at bat, 410 feet. Homer's in his second at bat in the fifth inning, 389 feet, and then comes to a plate with a runner on second base. And again, the talk becomes. Hey, wait a minute. You took CJ Crone out of the game and you put Jonathan Daza in at second base. Daza can't play first base. Who's going to play first base in the top of the 11th? And not that I called it. Connor Joe called it, apparently, according to Ryan McMahon. I said, hey, look, there's anybody you want at the plate right now. It's Brendan Rodgers. You might not need to go back out in the field. You worry about that later. And, well, to put it frankly, sure as shit, Brendan Rodgers went deep for his third home run of the game, 19th time in Rockies history. A player has three home runs in the same game. The 15th player to ever do it. Larry Walker did, of course, three times. Rodgers becomes the second, no, excuse me, the third second baseman to ever have a trifecta after Mike Lansing in 1998 and Jose Ortiz in 2001 and is only the second player to ever end a game with a walk-off home run in his three-homer game, joining Todd Hollinsworth in 2001. This is why we watch the Rockies. Yes. Um, this was just, it was, it was chilling. Um, but this was also historic for Brendan Rogers. Personally, he told us after the game that he doesn't think he's ever hit home runs ever in his life, not even in little league travel ball, the minor league. So he said it was a night he was going to remember forever. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't say I was shocked because these things kind of happen like that. You know, you could be an all-stud type of player, and it just never comes together where you hit three home runs in a game. So that was cool that that happened. He more than doubled his home run total. Entered the game with two. Okay, he was batting cleanup, so obviously he's, you know, he's slugging really well. Had an amazing month of May. And then, you know, maybe he tricks himself into saying, it's still technically like May. He did say that. He said, well, you know, we were supposed to play this game yesterday. So, you know, I'm not sure which one. So I, I guess he's saying the second game was the one he was we were supposed to play yesterday. So, you know, maybe there's a way we can kind of retroactively give him credit for that. Maybe that'll skew the uh, uh, voting for player of the month in May. Doesn't exactly work like that. But he extends his hitting streak to 19 games longest since Carlos Gonzalez had 19 games in 2016, summer of 2016. So Brendan Rogers just absolutely in the zone. Yes. I was a little disappointed that he wants to credit this performance to the month of May. I'm like, no, like let's roll the spring of B-Rod into a new month. It's okay. We can do that. Absolutely. You can do that. You can, uh, you can also give uh, a tip of the cap to Kevin Henry. Look, we've, <laughs> this is your show, Susie. So, I mean, we, we can only mention so many times that you, you know, quadrupled down on Brendan Rogers <laughs> being the player of the month in May. And I think you've, you've done it for June already. So you, we know you've nailed that. Let's move on. Let's give someone else some credit, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Henry from rocks pile in our player preview series. He said kind of a weird one, but, Hey, dude's right. He said Rymac is going to have a career year triples wise. And sure enough, he did. He, he got his second triple bases clearing triple a ball. He hit out into the farthest part of the yard out in left center field. And sure enough, that was, well, not historic, but it was certainly an interesting ball to say the least, especially if you uh, follow some of the more enjoyable and, and intriguing accounts on Twitter. Yeah. So um, a, a favorite account of ours, of many of us, would it dong? Um, that would have been a home run everywhere else except Coors Field. And I think you talked to Ryan after the game about this, too. And he also is a fan of this account. I did. I was like, because I, it's sometimes it's hard to keep track of, of who is it like does Twitter more or Instagram. I think everyone might do Twitter a little bit, but it could be like a, an auto populated thing where once in a while, oh, yeah, I'm posting this thing on Insta. So sure it can live over on Twitter or whatever, but I point out the wooded dong. He's like, yeah, I know it. And I go, well, and he said, don't tell me 29 out of 30. And I go, I'm sorry, Ryan, that ball, it was 29 out of 30, but he smiled. He goes, that's baseball. He said, that's baseball. So, you know, it is what it is. And, and they could have needed, they, they needed that run too uh, in that, that point. Cause I think it was five, three. And then um, the Marlins tied it up at five, five at one point. So that would have made it six, five had that ball gone out, but he was just so happy for, our guy Brendan Rogers there, so that was uh, that was a pretty cool moment. He did make uh, an error uh, during the game, was able to rebound at the plate, but his uh, ten errors now lead all of baseball. Broke a tie with Tim Anderson, who's also a pretty darn good player himself. So you got to hope that you know defensively the team can rebound because that's been one of the areas that has you know really let the team down. I think there's been a lot of those areas that have let down the team, not horribly, because again. Let's not forget this team right now is only four games under 500. Nevertheless, they started out so hot. And so wrote about that a little bit on the DNVR.com. Now only 50 cents for your first month. Bud Black has been talking about it a little bit this week already. 
partially because it's Memorial Day. And they say that's the first time you're, you know, really allowed, quote unquote, to look at the standings and get a feel for what's going on. And so, but he talked about the uh, the three-legged stool and those important pieces of pitching, defense, as well as hitting. So defense is one of those areas that they need to step up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, um, he did say that. I remember him saying that, that Memorial Day, you're not supposed to look like one of those rules, like you can't wear white until Memorial Day. <laughs> so now you can, you can, you can wear white and look at the standings on Memorial yes. Day. Those are the two things we all know that you are allowed to do. It's just such a shame though that, yeah, it, it in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, only four games below 500, but in this division, that is just not going to work. No, no, definitely not. Brian Servin uh, had himself a nice little career day with uh, three RBI. In fact, had an RBI single in three consecutive ABs. He he had an opportunity late in the game to come through with a, a, a runner on base. Actually, no, he didn't. It was just the bottom of the ninth. And, uh, and I said in our members-only Discord, hey, Brian Servin, walk-off home run, game winner, at least – until I have to edit it out and put somebody else's name in there, which I didn't go back and do. So now I need to do that because I was right. Somebody was going to hit a walk-off home run. There you go. I'm patting myself on the back. I got one right as well. You were feeling it. You were feeling it. I called it serving ribs, serving ribbies. Ooh, Brian I Servin. like that one. Thank you. Serving ribs is actually very good. Yeah, I like serving ribs. I do that. I like Connor Joe's on base streak. It gets extended to 28 games with a walk in game one. Had himself a double in game two. Actually got to see him uh, batting fifth in the lineup in the first game before he went back to the top of the lineup. You know, Buddy doesn't like to move the lineup that much, like change change roles for, for his players. But I, I think you've you've got a roster where players are flexible and, and you can do that and you can mix and match depending on the opposing pitcher. You've got a couple of players that have some leadoff abilities when there's not a true leadoff hitter, right? And you've got some guys that can be, you know, driving in runs like, like a Connor Joe certainly can with, with his power and Charlie Blackman. So mixing and matching could be the way to go. Maybe this is the start of something new and uh, it's not new for Connor Joe to continue to get on base and, uh, you know, we're, we're approaching historic here with, with his on-base streak at the moment. Yeah, so he is at 28 games for um, his on-base streak, and that is the longest on-base streak by a Rocky since Charlie Blackman in 32 games um, back in 2016. Which he was a leadoff hitter at that point, so that, that makes sense why we're seeing Joe in there. Again, not a prototypical leadoff hitter with uh, with all kinds of blazing speed. Nevertheless, you just got to get on base. And so uh, from this span dating back to April 29th, Connor Joe has a 349 on base percentage. So you know, pretty solid there uh, overall. Uh, shortstop Jose Iglesias is, pl- is a little bit streaky right now too, isn't he? He is. He has a hitting streak um, that reached 12 games this evening. So he's the fifth Rocky to have a 10 plus game hitting streak in 2022, which is so much fun. Yeah, he's playing well. We know he's uh, we know what the splits are like. We're on the road for some strange reason. He's he's doing well. Well, he's starting to do it at the plate now. Finishes the day with a 320 batting average. So he uh, is still on pace if you want to look at it that way to set the shortstop uh, franchise record uh, for batting average by a shortstop. We'll kind of see uh, how that ends up continuing down the line. A um, couple of relievers did really well. I mean, in fact, two of the guys that 
you've been able to count. In fact, all three guys that you've been able to count. It's been all about Tyler Kinley, Alex Colomay, and Daniel Bard after, I wouldn't say a rough start for Colomay. You know, he, along with Kinley and Bard, those are the only three relievers right now with an ERA under five. That's the state of the Rockies bullpen. And they needed all three of those guys. They needed two innings out of Daniel Bard. And they got scoreless frames from those three guys, along with Lucas Gilbreth, who you got to tip your cap to him uh, because over his last nine outings, he's only given up one earned run in seven and two-thirds innings. And he's been scoreless in eight of ten appearances overall since being recalled at the beginning of last month. So those four guys really allowed the Rockies to stay in this game for all intents and purposes. Yeah, um, Tyler Kinley is definitely a game of how low can you go with the ERA, (laughs) but he is scoreless in 19 of 21 outings overall, which was so necessary today. But I think Bard was able to get through those two innings because he had some really vocal fans for him. He did. Yeah, Daniel Allentuck had noticed because as you pointed out earlier, you could pretty much hear every single person in the ballpark. And we started hearing it low. And I just, I had no idea what, what was being said. And eventually we realized it was his son saying, go dad, dad. I was like, well, that's just the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's adorable. His kids are super cute though. So I'm really glad that that was audible for us. <laughs> and then even after uh, he walked the, uh, the leadoff hitter in the ninth, Miguel Rojas, they're like, okay, well, double play, double play. So they were still supporting Dada. And love to see that as well. Also, yeah, like good for them for knowing about double plays. Hell yeah. Yeah, they, they baseball family. Very clearly a baseball family. Turn two. We got to get a turn two chant going. Yes. Uh, that'll be the next one uh, that we, we, te- we teach the, uh, the children. Got to teach them well. Uh, and you know what? You got to teach yourself to make sure you get some great rest. <laughs> Uh, that seamless segue, or is it a shameless segue? It's hard to tell, but I'll tell you what, I might need one of these bad boys to make sure I get my rest so I'm recharged. For four-game set against Atlanta, we're talking about Wana Optimal's fast-to-sleep gummies. It's not a powerful drug that's going to leave you in a fog and, and just knock you out like the over-the-counter stuff. No, it's got a carefully calibrated formula, a little bit of CBD, a little bit of THC. Your eyelids are going to feel heavy in 5 to 15 minutes and in zero minutes. Those Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies at Lightshade.com are yours for pickup. Use code DNVR and you get 25% off. You don't even have to be a member. If you're listening to this right now, guess what? You are still a part of the family and you can cash in on that bad boy. Code DNVR when you go to Lightshade.com or when you visit any of Lightshade's 11 Denver metro area locations. Well, Susie, I don't know if you realize this, but as we mentioned, Atlanta does come to town. We don't have Sunday starter exactly as I said. I think it's going to be pretty confidently Ryan Feltner. Thursday is Austin Gomber against Ian Anderson. Friday, which will be on Apple TV, that will be interesting. Chad Cool against Max Freed. On Saturday for the City Connect Day. You can't write this stuff. You can, but no one's going to believe you. Kyle Freeland is going to be in the City Connect unis on Saturday. How perfect is that? He goes against Spencer Strider. And then on Sunday, I believe it will be Ryan Feltner against Charlie Morton. So Atlanta has got their big dogs there. And Atlanta, well, I imagine that their bus was just 
double parking, uh, double parked against uh, the Miami bus saying, hey, we're here. We finished our game in Arizona. Can we come in and, and, you know, drop off all of our equipment? And the Miami bus driver had to go, hey, they're still playing this game Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, the timing would work out. Just to be clear, you didn't actually see them, right? You're just speculating. You know what? I I, I want to mess with you and just say, like, uh, maybe I did. Maybe oh I did. Gosh. No, no, I, I didn't. But you can only imagine. They were probably very close. They probably passed each other at the gate. In fact, we might even have uh, a situation when we try to exit. They might both be crammed into the gate. Neither one of them can back out. It's the worst game of chicken you'll ever see. Oh, my gosh. Your imagination is very vivid on this very long day of ours. So, yeah, Atlanta was in Arizona, so we know they're not far away. It's not a long flight. Their game started 140 uh, Denver time, time uh, Mountain Daylight time. It was just under three hours. So there's a very good chance that you had three Major League Baseball teams in Denver at one point. They certainly were at the airport. They and had to be. they, they yeah. were probably shuttling their way over. Then again, the equipment bus can just kind of hang out and just wait for Miami to clear out. The guys are probably going to the uh, to the hotel. Did you catch word if any of the players had gone to the uh, Avs game? I'm pretty sure Freeland was able to make it there on Tuesday night once the game got rained out. Did you get any intel on that? I absolutely saw Instagram stories from Freeland at the Avs game. So I'm sure they were happy that the game got rained out. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the Marlins guys, I, I popped over to that clubhouse to, uh, to catch up with Jacob Stallings, who, uh, not a former Rocky. In fact, nary a single former Rocky on the entire Marlins roster. I live for former Rockies in the opposing clubhouse, but very strong connection with Jacob Stallings. Uh, we'll have that piece coming out for you at the end of the month. Of course, caught Chad cool, very close friend with Chad cool. Uh, we, we talked extensively about that also came up kind of at the, around the same time, uh, and was behind Elias Diaz there in the depth chart. So he had some pretty cool, th- cool things to say about his former pirates teammates. So I know the Marlins players wanted to, uh, to go to the Avs games. I don't know if, if any of them were actually able to do that, but nevertheless, the timing uh, you, worked out for them. <laughs> it did. Uh, you pointed out correctly uh, that this was the first extra inning game at Coors this season. Rockies were 2-0, and uh, but those victories had come in Texas as well as Pittsburgh last week. So we had an extra inning game in the middle of a doubleheader too, which you know might be somewhat of a rarity. Again, we can't dig back and find out all of these minute details, but of course we'll, we'll have to eventually at some point. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know if I mentioned this before, this was a bit that I've been saying this evening, but it's so funny that we have this double header and tacked on an extra inning. There you go. A lot of extras. A lot of extras. So well, much bonus baseball today. That's it. That's it. And tomorrow, uh, or when you're listening to this, Thursday, June 2nd, is a, is a big day uh, for Major League Baseball, and, and it's a big day for, for some of the folks that are going to be at the stadium, and particularly Sam Hilliard. But it is Lou Gehrig Day, and I know you know you're 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 pretty excited about this, Susie, and um, you've kind of you know looked into this a, a little bit, and uh, and I'm excited to to see all the good things that that you've learned about it that that I don't know. You're you're going to teach me. It happens a lot, believe it or not. It does happen a lot, and uh, and I want to know a little bit more about Lou Gehrig Day that uh, that I didn't already know. 
Yeah, well, hey, I'm I'm here to let you know. So yeah, uh, Thursday is Lou Gehrig Day, the second one that MLB has done. All 30 teams have their own special ceremonies planned, um, and a family will be honored on the field here at Coors Field. And the Hilliard family will be there, too, along with them. So that's what's planned at Coors. But today, MLB held a virtual press conference where various people in the baseball world who have been affected by ALS got to speak about their experiences and what that day will mean to them. Um, And, of course, Sam Hilliard was a part of this. Um, But last year, he didn't get to be a part of Lou Gehrig Day because he was in AAA last year for the day. You know, I almost vaguely remember thinking that where at the beginning of the season with everything that his father had been going through, you go, wow, this is going to be an important day. And then, yeah, he was he was down in Albuquerque at that point. Uh, didn't get celebrated, of, of course, uh, like this on June 2nd in 2020. As we know, the pandemic, you know, cut out the first half of the season. So they didn't get started until July 23rd. And then 2019 was uh, when he was just establishing himself. He was making his debut there in September. So you're right. This is going to be you know, his first one for uh, an, an awful disease that that took his father uh, Jim far too soon uh, mm-hmm. took took Lou Gehrig himself. Sometimes you hear Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, that's the same thing as ALS. Yeah, I mean, and also for those of you that don't know, ALS is a fatal neurodegenerative disease uh, where people who have that lose their ability to control their muscles and that affects their ability to walk, talk, eat, and eventually breathe. And there's no significant treatment to extend your life with this or to cure it. So this day is about awareness and it's about fundraising. Uh, but Sam did mention in that press conference too, that it's going to be a tough day for him full of emotions. Yeah. Just so, such an awful disease. Stephen Hawking had that. I know, uh, I think even, uh, Jim Catfish Hunter had it as well. So it's look, it, it impacts a lot of people and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be uh, an emotional day for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll feel that at, at the ballpark and, um, it's, it's, it's one of the, the special days where MLB acknowledges, you know, a luminary that really stretches beyond major league baseball and, and the sport itself. Obviously we know what Jackie Robinson, uh, was able to do for the civil rights movement. And we celebrate him every April 5th, uh, every, every, excuse me, every April 15th, um, Roberto Clemente day is, uh, is another one. Late in the season, I, I want to say it might even be in early September. I, I don't know that one off the top of my head, uh, but but a, a, again, a great legend who uh, whose life was cut short um, in, in in working with uh, you know trying to raise money and and bring resources uh, and, and and various supplies to uh, I think it was Haiti at the time in uh, in the late seventies, and so his life was cut short. Jumped on a on a plane he probably shouldn't have, but. Uh, his heart was so big that he he had to bring these resources uh, to these uh, unfortunate folks and uh, took his life really early. So he was someone who gave back so much. Uh, same thing with Lou Gehrig. Again, struck down so young, right in uh, in the middle of his playing career, had the the long uh, consecutive games played streak going on, and uh, before you know it, he was uh, taken from this earth far too soon. Yeah, I mean, it is so touching, though, to see MLB coming together and making sure that uh, we celebrate these things that are a part of baseball, but so much bigger than baseball. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing all the different celebrations or I guess not celebrations per se, but ways to honor and ways to acknowledge this. 
remembrances, so to speak, might might be the word. Yeah. 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 I know you also uh, there were, there are some other things in that that video package as well that uh, you know was was covered because again we know we know uh, Jim Hilliard was obviously impacted by this but uh, it stretches all throughout the baseball community. Yeah. Also in that uh, presser today, Stephen Piscotti lost his mother a couple of years ago. Um, so he is, he mentioned how awesome it was last year and how it gave his charity, um, quite a bit of steam and really helped raise money. Uh, Boog Shambi was emceeing this presser. Um, he had lost a childhood friend of his, um, in 2007. So he mentioned that he'd seen the financial burden that it, that you are burdened with when you are suffering from ALS. Uh, so the fundraising aspect is so important yeah it's going to be a big day to, to obviously give back to again a, a disease that doesn't have a cure and just just seems completely pointless not, not that any disease has has a point to it but it's just just so gut-wrenching obviously and uh and sam's such a great guy too so to to kind of you know have to do this and then have to go through it again when it gets to the point where he's at the one-year anniversary of the of the the loss of his father it's uh, it's really sad. And I think Tim Kirkchen too is, has had uh, ALS, you know, impact and, and, and touch his life in the, in an awful way as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a pretty recent thing too. His brother was diagnosed back in July and he said that it changed their lives forever. But in this, um, in this presser that uh, I got to hop in on, he told this really nice story about how his brother got to throw out a first pitch at a Catholic university versus Mount St. Mary's game. And the whole team wore his brother's Jersey and, you know, his brother played baseball in college at Catholic university. and was really good and had a really good arm, Tim said. Um, but it was, it's hard for him to hold a ball because of ALS, but he used his other fingers and threw out a really great, he said it was a very great athletic pitch. So he was really happy to see that. And he said it was, his brother was really emotional, but um, Tim Kirchner's brother is going to present the lineup card at Camden Yards on Thursday. So he'll be part of a celebration too. That'll be nice. That'll be, that'll be very fitting. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing this all go down at, at Coors Field. It's going to be, you know, jam-packed weekend again, as we said, with Lou Gehrig Day on on Thursday, uh, and the the World Champs uh, Atlanta coming to town Saturday with the Apple TV game, Saturday City Connect, a big unveiling, and then Sunday. They said Sundays they're also supposed to be wearing the City Connect uniforms uh, for all home games. So probably will be back to back. They also have them in the stores now. I don't know, Susie, if you got a chance to go in to see some of the uh, the shirts and whatnot hanging up. Looks good. Looks really nice. Nice. I know the jerseys. I, I, I'm a good, uh, big fan of the jerseys. They got McMahon, Blackman, and Bryant so far in the jerseys. I have not been in the store yet, but I have seen some of the people that we know who have already bought some gear. Um, Mark Stout already has his sweatshirt, and his sweatshirt, of course, has already gotten soaked with Powerade from Brendan Rogers' walk-off celebration. Uh, so I've seen people wearing the gear out and about. I need to go to the store to see all of that green up in there. Yeah, that's the only downside with the City Connect. A lot of white on uh, on the jersey, not on the jerseys. Not on the jerseys, but um, on the jerseys, a lot of white. And then the sweatshirt has white sleeves. There's a jacket, which looks incredibly warm, very stylish. 
that one uh, also has the white sleeves. So uh, make sure you've you've got someone who can launder your your stuff. You got to have uh, a good laundry person. What's the word I'm looking for there? A dry cleaner. That would be the word. Clearly, I've never been to a dry cleaner. Uh, look there, I've been outed. There, America, are you happy? Have you really never been to a dry cleaner? No, never. I was gonna say that that can't be possible. That thank you for reminding no. me to pick up my dry cleaning tomorrow morning, though. Ball gown? What do what do we what needs to be dry cleaned? My my work pants. Slacks. My slacks. Are they work slacks? Okay. My work slacks? I mean, I've got the... work pants. I, they're not work slacks, so I haven't crossed that threshold yet to the need dry cleaning. The slacks I dry wear to cleaning. work. I just, you know, I just like having my stuff cleaned. And one of my pants Put lost em- a button. <laughs> a cosmetic button, oh. but still. Wow. And somehow you soldier on. I know. I'm so brave and so resilient. Thank you for acknowledging that. Absolutely. And you know what? If you need to acknowledge that on Twitter at our main account, please do so at DNVR underscore Rockies or straight up, you know, shoot us an email, Patrick at the DNVR or Susie at the DNVR. We we are accepting emails, too, if you want to get into something longer. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be doing some mailbags throughout the year. If you've got questions, we've got answers. We'll be able to do that for you. You can follow me and uh, get all my inanities on Twitter at Patrick D Lyons. You can find me and my nonsense on all platforms at the Susie Hunter. And the Rockies have momentum because they've won the fir- their first series in like a month. They haven't won a series in a while. And they've won one now. How about that? I love it. Take two out of three from the Miami Marlins. But hey, you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's show. So we'll talk to you then. <laughs>